You're listening to the Behind Every Employer podcast with your hosts, Anson Green and Jeffrey Abramowitz. On the Behind Every Employer podcast, we sit down with future-focused employers and innovators who are advancing talent development for the frontline workforce that drives business. These leaders are challenging the status quo of education and training and delivering scalable solutions. Discussions cross the intersections of adult education, digital resiliency, training innovations, and other topics important to the new American workforce. This podcast is being brought to you by the Coalition on Adult Basic Education and sponsored by NGEN, a carefree-focused virtual English language platform for organizations and employers working with immigrants and refugees. Listen to the Behind Every Employer podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube, and you can find us at coag.org. And now, here are your hosts, Anson Green and Jeffrey Abramowitz. Hey, Anson, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Jeff. What's going on with you, man? We are. I'm just really excited about this show. It's been a little bit since we've been, we caught up. We're, we're getting back in the groove now. We've both been traveling a lot and uh, super excited about, um, about life and really about the feedback we're getting from the show. The podcast has been so well received. We're only on like our third episode, but our last one that just aired was about on the U- what's going on in Ukraine. Yep. And I've gotten so many phone calls and emails from people just saying, wow, spot on. You just it needs to get out there. We need to start talking about this here in the United States and really diving into what um, how we can do more uh, for those those people across the country and across the world that are are struggling with immigration issues. So so how are you? I'm doing great, man. It's been, uh, I, I agree with you on the Ukraine issue, uh, the Ukraine episode. I've gotten a lot of feedback about that myself. Kind of it kind of broached a topic where people hadn't really gotten there yet about like, wow, I didn't think about like these kind of secondary, uh, a secondary impact of, you know, folks coming to America looking for work and stuff like that. So I thought that was a great, uh, a timely thing for us to get out there. And our guests were just fantastic on that topic. Um, man, I'll tell you what, I've been busy this week. We started, uh, I'm in Texas, San Antonio, and uh, in Texas for about eight years, we've been doing a tech integration distance education conference uh, through our adult education system. Um, that's a big topic in Texas. It always has been. So this conference has been uh, going on for about eight years. Uh, it, it was uh, eight minutes from my house this year, so I was actually uh, extra thrilled. But it's something else to go to an event. This is the first one we've had in person in two years and see, you know, 140 people all working on digital literacy and distance education. And that has been such a running theme for us. Um, I did a session on employer engagement and what we're doing at Tyson Foods when it comes to digital literacy. And just to have a room packed full of people wanting to kind of talk about that issue um, just tells me just that that theme is just keeps running through. And that business engagement piece of that um, is, is just so, so important. So, so excited about that. Uh, and it's so excited because it really tease up our uh, our presentation today and our wonderful guests that we have coming on. Um, and yeah. one one last thing I'm so thrilled about is, is we've really got the podcast down the subscription services. So uh, go to behindeveryemployer.org. If you're listening, uh, subscribe and you'll get this thing popping up in your feed on a regular basis here. Absolutely. One last piece before we go to our guests is yeah. I was, uh, I mentioned uh, earlier, we were talking about, um, People, our first show, our second show, and um, I was recently with uh, one of our guests recently, Vontan Quinn Levin, and we were. Uh, she's the author of Work RX, 
a workforce yep. rx and and got to uh we both spoke at a, a conference for the Pennsylvania workforce development association and i was so glad to, to not only see her but to get to spend some time and talk to her and and really catch up on things and she's amazing just an amazing person yep. who um she just uh she electrified the audience with um, with her talk, and people really walked away with uh, some big takeaways. So I was I was glad and giving her a big shout out and thank you for that. I know I saw the I saw the post on social media about that, and I was like, what are the chances of these two like you know connecting with each other at the same conference? Because you know in many ways you're just kind of in you know very diverse uh, sectors there. Um, but we 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 it shows you what a small ecosystem this stuff is sometimes. For sure. All right, let's get on to it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, all right. So we record this at, in the evening uh, for those of you that aren't aware. And uh, tonight's going to be a tough night for me, for sure. I don't know about you, Jeff, but we are bringing on a, a fantastic uh, Mediterranean restaurant food chain called Tzatziki's Cafe. Uh, they've got restaurants in 90 locations in 17 states. Uh, and uh, they are celebrating their 25 years in business. So the food thing is going to be getting me hungry during the podcast <laughs> here uh, for sure and real, real happy. But I love to hear what they're doing uh, in, in the realm of bringing English as a second language to their workforce through a really dynamic uh, platform called Engine, which we're going to hear more about uh, in the broadcast. So um, this is a, a great way to kind of talk about how uh, businesses – uh, in the service industry here, the food industry, engaging uh, to really bring that uh, English as a second language, probably uh, quite a bit focused on uh, customer service as well as uh, uh, quality and production there uh, in the food industry. So it's going to be a really good uh, uh, episode to hear from in terms of a sector we haven't really talked about yet uh, in food service and beverages. So um, uh, the, the two presenters from Tzatziki's are Amy Parnum, who is the Director of Training and Recruiting at Tzatziki's. Uh, she's been uh, working uh, in that hospitality industry for two decades and really has this huge commitment uh, at Tzatziki's to really supporting their team members with the resources they need, including English as a Second Language, which just warms my heart to hear this. Um, and they really, you know, really with the objective of, of those workers, you know, flourishing in their jobs. Uh, and really, uh, you know, the restaurant, you know, like, like uh, we really expect out of our fine dining, they mix this extraordinary food with great human connections. And I just love that mix. And then we have Rania uh, Camargo, who works at Tzatziki's uh, since 2018. She started as a cashier and now working as a training specialist on the corporate team. And she brings uh, a great background. She comes out of Venezuela uh, with a bachelor's degree in teaching and modern languages, was an English teacher um, for years and now working in the hospitality industry. So she brings that kind of background of English as a second language or English in general being from Venezuela. Uh, and I think that kind of probably is going to show up in, in some of their feedback. And then our last uh, uh, guest here is uh, Katie Brown, and she is the founder of this software platform, uh, ESL software platform company called Engine, um, which is really growing its market share in the English as a second language space. And I think a lot of that's because they focus largely, I wouldn't say exclusively, but largely on reaching the business customer like Tzatziki's. Uh, we work with them at Tyson Foods also and find just impeccable service as well as a high quality product. 
but this is a public benefit company. Um, Katie uh, founded this. She started it with the goal of leveraging the technology uh, to bring that English as a second language to immigrants and refugees. And she's got the chops to do it. PhD in second language acquisition. She holds 10 pat patents and really is, I, I think, probably bringing her a personal dream into the marketplace and into the learning space for uh, adult educators and businesses across the country. So I'm ready to get started here. Uh, and we brought our guest on. How's everybody doing the, this uh, evening here? Hey, good. All, all right. You, you got me hungry thinking about the, uh, the, the restaurant <laughs> menu there. No doubt about it. And uh, one, one thing, one thing we've got to talk about by the end of the show is um, uh, the closest tzatziki's is uh, near uh, Grapevine, Texas, up near the Gaylord Texan, a fantastic hotel. That's a long way from San Antonio. So we've got we to gotta work on uh, getting us a location here in South Texas, because I'm sure it would be a huge hit. But I want to start, uh, we're going to kind of mix and match the uh, uh, questions tonight. Um, but I want to start with the Tzatziki's team. And first, I'm going to give you guys kind of uh, uh, an unscripted question. And Tell us a little bit about Tzatziki's, but also about your favorite menu item at Tzatziki's. Oh, great question. Well, yes, I would I would love to dive into that. Um, so, yes, I'm Amy. This is Raina. We're so excited to be here. And I'd love to tell you a little bit about Tzatziki's. Um, so, as you mentioned, Tzatziki's is um, in about 17 states. We're nearing 100 locations. We expect to celebrate number 100 this year. Um, we are poised to do a lot of growing this year and in the years to come, so we're very excited about that. And our company history is that um, our founder, Keith, and his wife, Amy, took a kind of like pre-baby moon uh, trip to Greece and just really fell in love with the community aspect of the restaurants there and how they were so welcomed in by individual families into their restaurants, their family restaurants and treated, treated so, uh, so much like family. And so they wanted to bring that back home and emulate that. And that's where Tzatziki's was born in Birmingham, Alabama in 1998. And over the last almost 25 years, we've just grown to this big family of, uh, of big hearted foodies. That's how we describe ourselves. Um, just really blending our two passions, which is extraordinary food and meaningful human connection. Um, so that's a little bit about our our company culture and who we are and what we what we care about. Um, my favorite menu item. Oh man, this is like I don't have children, but this would be like picking a favorite <laughs> child. Um, so I will I'll pick two. Um, one of my favorite things is our tomato basil sandwich, like on a light day, especially paired in the winter with our tomato basil soup for a little bit of dunking action. It is fantastic. And then I will actually say my other favorite is probably our Mediterranean salad with some salmon. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. you can't beat that. How about you? <laughs> yeah, you just don't mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's very popular. It's a salad. It's just great. Uh, well, I, if I have to pick a second favorite, I will say the beef feast. Yeah. It's just because it's all completely like I love beef and uh, the horseradish sauce paired with it is just great. And of course, you ha always have to go with the potatoes with mm -hmm. the beef. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the Caesar salad is just it's, it's amazing. <laughs> okay, now that we've thoroughly distracted ourselves here, and 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 I think I'm uh, Jeffy, you're picking up the 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 tummy grumbling uh, on the audio there. So no, so I'm too busy ordering online right now, so I can pick it up as soon as we're done. So. <laughs> so really, really great, really great background there. We love to get the context there. I love the Alabama origin story too. 
Um, we do we do a lot of work uh, at Tyson Foods where I work in Alabama, uh, Birmingham. I've been to many times, and uh, that's I bet that was quite the uh, happening place because it was probably a very unique uh, cuisine in that area 25 years ago for sure. So that is great, really interesting origin story. So I want to get into the ESL piece and talk about English, um, and as a business, what was the decision? Uh, making that went into place when you started offering English instruction to your team members? Because a lot of businesses, like, they think about this, but you had this tipping point where you said, okay, we're going to do this. Tell us yeah. a little bit about what that was like. Absolutely. Well, um, I wish our, our CEO, Dan, could be here because he speaks more eloquently about this than any of us. But really, there is a, um, a love for in, uh, having a big table at Tzatziki's. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are included and possibly people who don't get the opportunities or don't get included in the greater culture and the greater community. Hope We want them to find a place at Tzatziki's. Mm -hmm. um, so we're particularly drawn to the Im immigrant and refugee communities and, and giving them a seat at our table. Um, so that's really a cultural piece of who we are. And that led to Dan, our CEO, um, forming a relationship with a company in Atlanta called Amplio, um, which really partners with the, uh, the large refugee community in Clarkston, Georgia, um, and helps them get employment and find employment partners. And so we had connected with them that way. And their founder, Chris, had written a book, which I read. And um, in the resource section at the back of the book, it mentioned this great little program called Engine, and, or as well, Voxy at the time, but now yeah. Engine. Yeah. Um, and I was like, well, we can definitely use this. I mean, we have so many talented people that already through their, their hard work and their discipline and their loyalty had um, you know, increased their career options from moving up maybe from a cook position to a ship leader position, but right. weren't, weren't meeting their full potential because either their English skills um, with our customers or with maybe their English speaking employees that they needed to be a leader to, or even just our vendors, they just felt either a bit limited in their skills or um, maybe even limited in their confidence when it really wasn't even the skills as much as holding them back. So we just saw it as a great opportunity to help high potential people overcome a hurdle that may be keeping them from all that they were capable of being. Excellent. Excellent. I love this. So, and you started with engine. So, you know, typically these stories are, you know, we had a, a brick and mortar ESL class in the kitchen and da, da, da. Um, really love to hear that you went right to the technology piece. Yeah. Uh, and we're going to talk more about that. That's fascinating. So, so as you made that decision making, you kind of hinted at this some, but uh, when I talk to businesses, you know, about ESL in particular, they, they will, you know, uh, I'm always interested about uh, the reasons why, like what were they wanting to see? Sometimes it's just this value added benefit for their workers to help them uh, matriculate uh, easier into the U.S. to help their uh, kids in public schools, things like that. Sometimes uh, it's for, you know, in, in my industry, you know, safety reasons and real hard driving like uh, uh, issues related to uh, production and safety. Um, what 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 kind of objectives were were you guys thinking of? Um, you kind of hinted at you know the promotional aspect, but can you talk a little bit about like what were you wanting to see out of this when you began? Sure. Um, so a, a piece of our company purpose statement is actually to help people flourish, to help communities and people flourish. Mm. 
And this really, to, to your point, was something we identified that would benefit us, of course, by having these wonderful employees who could now contribute more to our, our workplaces. Um, but also we, we knew like all that English learning doesn't end when they walk out the door at the end of the shift, right. they get to take that home and into their lives, into their families. Um, and Raina's gonna share with you some really great stories about actual success stories um, that we have to tell. So it was certainly a business decision, but it was a business decision with a much broader um, result in mind for these for these folks. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Well, let's let's move over to Raina and and, and 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 really talk about what's the response been from the employees um, first. Like, tell us about that. Well, it's been just great. Like people, our users are using it for like four to seven hours a month. And this has really helped them improve or achieve their goals, like um, communicate more effectively with the customers and when, um, with the people around them, especially with the staff, like people getting promoted from, you know, the kitchen kitchen leads to uh, be actually in the front as a, as a cashier and then, you know, moving the way up to be assistant managers and journal managers, like uh, right. the journal managers that had some difficulties with their English. Like now they, um, we have Eduardo. He's um, one of the most amazing uh, GMs that we have right now. He's runs the second most profitable um, store in between all the markets wow. and it's it's has helping a lot engine moving forward and you know getting effective communication with um his especially his staff because as we know like communication is like the key for a very uh, success, uh for the success of our uh, company so we have people like pedro that he went from a kitchen lead to a system manager and now he's in the front line to be a journal manager because he just had that barrier like that the english barrier so now like he broke it he's now like you know i'm here and he's getting noticeable and um it's, it's just amazing to actually know that we are helping these people through engine and not only that but also like in the personal life like we have right. alma like um just knowing that she said like now she's able to help her daughter with her homework it's just touching you know it's like yeah. now it, she it's me being a mom myself, like knowing that now they have that connection is just great. And doing through engine is just like, we're part of that. Like that makes us proud. And mm -hmm. you should be it. super proud. That's kind of, it's so amazing. But you hit on something that which really struck a chord on me. And that's this. I work with so many people helping them get back to work, marginalized populations that are just having challenges. And, um, and I often hear a week, a month, three weeks down the road, Mr. A, I can't fry another fry. I can't flip another burger. And what you've just said to me is that it doesn't have to be that way. There truly are career pathways in the food industry where you can start at that at that one start entry level position and work your way up to that manager. And when employees know that, they start getting vested and they start doing better for the company and they take some pride in, in the work that they do. And um, I'm so impressed by that. And I was wondering if you could talk to me a little bit about what that journey is like. Um, are they studying all through this with the goal to become that manager, or how does how do you how do you really push that forward? Well, I mean, uh, the main goal for like them is to for for us to identify a good user or a good student. It's like, where do you want to get in within the company? 
So that's like the first goal. But there's people like we have um, our Hizel. She she's not an assistant manager. She's not a manager, but she's an NS, uh, trainer NSO, which help us to train people in new uh, stores. But she's like comfortable there, and and we know that uh, we have uh, so many people like her. Like um, they just really want to improve the English to be able just to communicate, just to live in the in the country that they decided to immigrate. You know, so it's um, for us as of right now, uh, we just want to improve people, like help them improve, not only uh, in the business um, area but also in their personal lives. So for yeah. all the employers that are out there, um, the return on investment. Um, you know, everybody, employers are like, well, what's in it for us? You know, what's what, what are we going to get out of it? Can you guys talk a little about the return on investment? Like it's got to benefit your com company in crazy ways. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's it's um, it's helped dramatically with retention, um, you know, not not necessarily with employees that were looking to leave, but maybe we're just reaching, you know, a, a stopping point essentially of like, well, I don't know how to go further. And I think to what I was saying earlier about confidence, they don't know necessarily how to approach their company and say, I'd like to do more, but here are the things that I need to overcome to get there. So mm -hmm. the more that we can stay in dialogue with the employees and find out, help us identify some of the things that are in your way that maybe we don't know about and we can go find solutions. Um, I think that's one of the great things about Engine, um, particularly why we chose something tech forward, is the restaurant industry has some uh, very uh, unusual shifts, right? So you're not necessarily sitting at a computer all day long um, and not may not even have one. We're actually working with someone right now that we're trying to source, um, you know, a, a tablet or a computer so that because she wants to take the English courses. Right. Um, so I love that this platform was like, hey, any any time of day that you have time, if the if the kids are in the bath or, you know, you've got yeah. a break between jobs or whatever it is, we want to make this available to you 24 seven to meet you where you're at, um, as opposed to, uh, you know, forcing you into a class time or something like that. Um, so I think the goal really for us is retention. It's for those people that do want to grow. Um, there are a wealth of promotional opportunities available for them if that's their goal. Or to, to your point about Hazel, just to just to have a more uh, robust life, you know, to be able to communicate in your current role with others, um, which of course creates a great work environment, which creates great coworkers, which makes people want to work there. It's it's all this cyclical benefit. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. I would say too, you know, you're, 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 you're in the restaurant industry. You've got the whole front of the house, back of the house, the customer facing and, and, and sometimes the kitchen help never, never gets to the customer facing your front of the house because of language. Mm -hmm. And so you guys have been able to kind of bring that bridge, let people grow. Uh, you have the stories behind it. Also, I think these things, you know, um, surely we see it at Tyson foods. Um, they they help differentiate working at Tzatziki's compared to another restaurant because the word gets out that these things are offered, you know, uh, and the word travels fast in some of our communities. And when English is kind of like part of the mix as a benefit, 
um, I think that's something people really see as a differentiating factor for coming to work somewhere. So it really helps with the sourcing side of things. All right, let's, let's turn things in. We've been talking about Engine and this uh, software platform. Uh, a lot of our listeners are probably unaware of like, what are we talking about here? Let's hear about this fantastic uh, uh, product here. And I'm going to bring on Katie Brown. Uh, founder at Engine, and uh, ask her some questions here and, and talk about her side of this partnership. It's, it's a very exciting partnership. Um, so, Katie, it seems like uh, from my perspective, I know you see this, uh, groups like uh, organizations like Tzatziki's are getting more and more excited about English upskilling. And you've got a great deal of experience in this area working with employers. So first, before we get into that, uh, tell us a little bit about Engine. Um, what is it? Uh, you know, how, how does it operate? Uh, and then I want to hear more about like, what are you hearing from employers like Tzatziki's uh, in terms of why they're getting into this game um, and what they might, uh, a new employer might expect as they kind of bring this on? Okay, great. Well, first, I would just want to say I did not talk to the Tzatziki's team before this podcast, and I have just been <laughs> sitting here smiling because this is why I do what I do. Yeah. I started working with um, Mexican migrant workers on an apple orchard in 1997, and I have been in one way or another trying to help remove English as a barrier for immigrants and refugees ever since, mostly because I realized in 1997 that I had no idea what I was doing. And that was not a good solution for how to get people English skills, but it's what the U.S. does. So part of, of what Engine is, we're a public benefit corporation and our mission is to remove English as a barrier. And it's because the U.S. meets the needs of only 4% of our adult English learners. So most of them can't get to an English class. And when they can, it's often not an English class that teaches them anything that they need to do the kinds of things that Tzatziki's team was talking about, whether it's get a promotion at work or understand the stuff that's coming home in your kids' backpacks or talk to your children's doctor. We teach you in ESL classes, the names of the animals at the zoo, or we teach you like how to write a great paragraph, but we're not helping you with the real world English that you need to function here or get access to jobs that have the potential for economic mobility. So. I founded NGEN knowing that the secret to getting English into the hands of more speakers of other languages was going to be through their employers. Because the employers, like Tzatziki's and forward-thinking employers across the country who've already been doing this, realize that they have an untapped talent pool internally. They have frontline workers who, like you were saying, are awesome. They come to work, they work super hard, and they don't even know what opportunities are available to them because they don't have that fundamental skill, which is English. And most employers, and this is totally a reasonable assumption, they assume that there's no way they could have a workplace English program. I mean, they have a different business that they're running. How are they going to also teach people English? Isn't that what adult ed programs and libraries and community colleges are for? And so a lot of the work I do is helping to get employers to see that this is something that you can do, that we have the technology to support you, and that we want to hear what you're struggling with so we can give you the resources to do it. Because just like employers offering gym memberships and other benefits, this is a benefit that can dramatically change the lives of your employees, which will help you, but also help them. Fantastic. Great, great feedback. You know, so, so when we think about those employers uh, and you're having that first engagement with them um, and, you know, my experience has been, I'm sure it's similar for you. 
often they don't even know that English as a second language exists as, you know, something that can be accomplished, you know, so there's all of that, but it seems like a lot to take on. Like, you know, uh, they don't know this field. This is not their comfort zone. Um, uh, they're thinking about like, how are we going to deliver this? Like, what is your response to that when you're really trying to like get them to see that this is possible? Well, I love it when I have employers like Tzatziki's who've explained how they do it, because what I like to do is is play a, a recording of something like this to say, see, it's not so hard. But so I do, I give them examples across sectors. We work with healthcare employers. We work with large educational employers like universities. The University of Maryland uses our platform, not just for students, but also for like residential facility staff and groundskeeping staff and, and international researchers. So I get them to see that this is something that we've thought about that is solvable with technology and that is not very hard to implement. And then I help them figure out where it would help them the most. So I really try to do this from a, a backwards design perspective, like where are you seeing that you need to fill roles or where do you know you have English learners who aren't able to get English skills? How could we start there and take it from there? Because mm-hmm. I, like I said, this is like the only thing I've ever done. So I know it works. It's just a matter of getting it into the right hands of the right people at the right time. Right. Right. Fantastic. Fantastic. So employers out there, if you're listening, like this is, this is a, I think a great example of that origin story, how, a company is, you know, took this on um, kind of straight to the tech, to straight to the, the, the tech solution, um, but for the, for the English piece, because I think the, the promise of that is, is a lot of times these uh, workplace literacy, workplace ESL programs struggle because of the logistics of trying to develop it as a brick and mortar class. Um, yes. Because then you're you're trying to schedule it and you're trying to find a space and restaurants or, you know, food production facilities like where I work don't have big classroom spaces. That's not why we're here, you know. And people are tired and you, yes. can't, you can't work yes. 15 hours or eight hours or whatever. You're exhausted. Mm-hmm. Like I've worked in plenty of restaurants. Like it's, mm-hmm. you're not at the end of a shift. The last thing you want to do is sit in a classroom and have somebody teaching you something out of a book like you need to be able to fit this into your life in a way that makes sense for you just like all working adults i think we're seeing this in adult education in general things need to be accessible and flexible and work with the constraints of busy adult lives yeah i think we got to get out of that k-12 mindset that we were all raised in and we just have to put it away we just gotta we gotta think differently about education especially when it comes to educating adults who often have those challenges of life you know you're right they're juggling kids they're juggling juggling everything that's going on around them and the last thing they want to do is um sit down in a classroom and i think the fact that engine is has a platform that allows them to do it um, at their pace on their timeline in an environment that's conducive um, is really remarkable. I, I, I really, um, the thing that strikes me about all of this is really that corporate, um, is really that education um, between private industry and nonprofit sector and really understanding the value of making people smarter, right? And getting them smarter in math and, and what it does for our gross national product in our country. And it's not even the financial end of it. It's just this, this sense of this moral belonging end for people that come to our country, they can't speak English very well. And all of a sudden, you know, they're learning the language and they're, they're now embedded in our culture and our systems. 
And um, for that, it makes our whole entire country better. And the sooner we can get private industry to understand that, we should be offering these courses to every single employer in the entire country. I mean, they should be diving into these platforms and we have to find ways to do that um, so that like Tzatziki, they can benefit and the employers right. can benefit. Fantastic. Yeah, I totally agree. So, so, so let me bring this back to Tzatziki's with a question. Um, and you, you hinted at this earlier, so I'm going to riff off this. Um, and, but I think it is the question that gets asked a lot of us. Um, and it has to do with take us back into, uh, the restaurant and, um, how you deploy this, um, for example, you mentioned, you know, finding tech for one of your workers that didn't have a computer at home. So tell us a little bit about like um, individuals are doing this off the clock at their house. How do you like keep them engaged um, and talk about it? How do you introduce the the software to them you know, during, you know, during their shift or like what is the what does it look like? You know, I, I'm starting at Tzatziki's and I want to learn English and I'm, I'm going to say, Rania, help me out here. Um, what's that going to look like? Tell us the story of how that rolls out. Well, we created first in our training platform uh, course. It called Introduction and Engine. It's actually all in Spanish right now. Uh -huh. uh, it takes you to the very first um, link that you receive. So it's like here. Mm. You have. You go here. You put your password. Your, your password. You put um, your username. Then you go to this link. And that's how um, we get everybody to know exactly what they are going to see in the platform. Um, it's, it's, this is a very important point since um, I have a student, well, and she has a student, that uh, she was in, in it like for a year and, so, and a half. And then she came to me and she said, I don't see like a grammar guide. And I was like, we have, well, I actually has a tab that says grammar guide. But, mm -hmm. so, but she didn't know. So in, in this in this course, we're trying to get people to understand like how many features iEngine actually has. Like yeah. there are like, so many content and so much out there that people sometimes get intimidated. Like oh, I really don't understand this, so I'm just not gonna go for it. Or like what is the what is the difference between uh, courses and units and dynamic units? So uh, that's why we made that course, and everybody that now understands and that they can explore a little bit more um, uh, engine itself. And we keep them motivated by, well, for example, me, I put myself as a contact. If they need anything, if they have any questions, I created a um, WhatsApp group. And we, we are going to um, do like a little, let's say, how would you call it? Like, like winning a contest. Like a little contest. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, we're going to give a prize to, for the person that um, those uh, applies more hours to the platform or the next month, okay. oh, we're going to give a prize to the person that attends more um, uh, class, uh, group classes and stuff like that. So that's how we keep them motivated. And also I call them like every two weeks to see how they're going to see if you want to do you have any doubts about something? And that's that's how we tell them, like, it's not like here. Here's the benefit. You go and do what you want. No, they're like you're on your own. <laughs> like we actually grab you by your hand. It's like we are here. We know we support you and we are like 100% on it as you are. Yeah. And at this time, I mean, we, we dream of the day where we can make uh, engine available to any and every employee that could ever ask for it. Right. 
But where we are today, which is, is a, a great step forward from where we were when we started a year and a half or two years ago with one employee, Alma, uh, in Richmond, Virginia, who was nominated by her area supervisor. She is she's just loyal and capable and wonderful. And she threw herself in head over heels. And then uh, to your point, you know, other people kind of started noticing and what was she doing? Um, but where we are now, we have 30 accounts um, among our corporate markets, which is great. And they're all nominated by their supervisors. So mm. it's also um, tying back to another piece of our culture that we really want to, to double down on, which is mentorship and noticing potential and internal development um, and internal promotion. So tasking our area supervisors and our managers to get involved from some of them as users, but also some of them as nominators of who in your store has potential because we've got something we can do about it. You just have to let us know they're there. Mm -hmm. Right. I love, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing a few things I really want to uh, congratulate you on and applaud you for. Um, one is that like kind of champion role that you're playing to make sure this goes. Absolutely. Because I, I, I always fear, especially so in the technology solutions, that um, uh, the, the thinking from the management will be, it's technology-based, so that reduces our role, you know, uh, and that's how a lot of really poor training is. It's like, go in the back of the room and take these computer-based training for six hours, and if you make it through that, you're going to be a good employee because you've survived <laughs> six hours of boring instruction. But so just hearing you, Rainier, talk about like how you keep them going, the WhatsApp group, the kind of engagement and the check-in, it shows them not only, you know, to take care of like things that might need assistance and stuff, but also shows them that you care. Uh, like this is important, that you're taking time out of your life. The company's investing in Rainier to do this. So, you know, messages to businesses listening is, is sometimes, you know, you've got to think about the holistic kind of infrastructure management wise of how you're going to deploy mm -hmm. um, and um, and then finding the right person. You've got to have, you know, when when you use the words like champion and cheerleader, they better be champions and cheerleaders at heart. You know, uh, sometimes, you know, people get these roles and they really don't have that in them. Um, but I think that's probably largely you would attribute this to you, a lot of your success with that engagement. Um, so I want to turn it back over to uh, Katie. Uh, you work with other employers. Uh, we've got, you know, your rock stars on here with Tzatziki's um, for sure, but there are others. And I want to hear a little bit about what you see other types of businesses doing well in this space. Um, and then also where you see businesses needing support. So I, the, the first thing I want to say is that Tzatziki's model of both nominating learners who have high potential and also making sure they have the support is critical to success. And employers either need to do that themselves or they need to work with somebody else to do it. And so I see all different models work where we have some places where there's a lot of internal hands-on support and coaching and other places where some of that is done externally. The most important thing is having someone at the employer who cares because you're asking people to learn a language, which is one of the hardest things that we ask adult humans to do. It's really hard. 
And when people are just starting out, they need a lot of support and encouragement because adults are terrible at learning to do new things. We don't like to look foolish. We don't like to sound like we don't know what we're talking about. And when we speak another language immediately, we sound foolish and we don't know what we're talking about. And so to do that at work, you're in a very vulnerable position because you're basically saying to your, you're showing your incompetence at a new skill in your workplace. And that's really hard for us to do. So having somebody who understands that that is what's happening is the most important thing at a workplace. All the other pieces, the the, the WhatsApp group is awesome. Building a yeah. sense of community among participants. These are all the things we know make technology mediated learning work. Um, and so the employer has to care. The employer has to have somebody who understands what they're asking their employees to do. And then they need support. And that support's going to look different depending upon whether you have workers who are all co-located in one specific site, if people are distributed among different work sites, depending upon their level of English, depending upon what their job goals are. But, but the other thing that it, I think that employers need to do is to think about what is it in my workplace people need to do with English? Because it's yeah. different in different places. Some places they need to do a lot of reading. Some places they need to talk to customers. Other places they need to understand complex technical information. And a workplace language program needs to be geared around some of the real world tasks that actually need to be accomplished in the workplace. So when employers start thinking about that and thinking about who is going to support this here, then I see that they're successful and there's lots of different models for success. Excellent. I love it. I love that. Uh, one last question before we get, and this is for Katie, you again, uh, before we go to our lightning round, but uh, what is the one thing you wish employers knew about English upskilling? I wish that they knew that there are 2 million immigrants in the United States who are either unemployed or underemployed because they can't use the skills and credentials from their home countries just mm. because they don't have English skills. Oh. And I yeah. wish they knew that there is no place for them to get English instruction, that there are waiting lists at the local library, that there are no adult education classes with space, and that if they think about offering English as a benefit, the ROI will be obvious very, very quickly because they're going to help people get a really valuable tool that they'll be able to use in the workplace and outside of it. Fantastic. I love it. I love it. I love it. So we are we're going to break uh, for our lightning round. This is where we're going to ask uh, our guests today one thing that they can charge our audience with uh, to take away. So take us to the lightning round, Jeff, and we will be right back. You're listening to the Behind Every Employer podcast. We'll be right back. Since lightning round, it's my favorite part of the show um, because I'm actually getting struck struck by lightning, but having fun. And um, do you want to kick it off? Or do you want me to? Uh, go ahead and kick it off, Jeff. All right, I'll kick yeah. it off. So I, um, it's really right in line with our theme for tonight, and it's right now we're facing in our country what 
where a lot of employers are calling this unbelievable labor shortage, baloney. There's mm-hmm. no labor shortage out there. Mm-hmm. We have to start looking inside of our companies and we have to contact Katie and look at Tzatziki's and we have to say, how can we work with the workforce that we have, get them smarter so that they can move up our ladder and they can run our companies and become president and executives and everything else that comes goodness when you move somebody up the ladder. Um, we don't have a labor shortage. Employers out there, if you're listening, I just started a relationship with LabCorp nationally, and um, they came to me and said, Jeff, look, we need to do a better job educating people in our country and our frontline workers and get them smarter. And I was like, come on, bring it on. Now, I want every employer out there to be listening to this podcast thinking, what are we doing for our frontline workers and how can we get them smarter? And you better contact us and reach out to us or reach out to Katie and say, we need to know more, right? So that's my lightning round for today. Anson, it's all yours. My charge is to the employers out there to spend uh, 15 or 20 minutes thinking about the trapped talent they have in their businesses uh, and uh, what that might be costing them in terms of uh, bringing new ideas to their business, in terms of promoting tenured, trusted workers that have proven themselves into leadership roles. Uh, and think about the, 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 the lost uh, opportunity cost of not finding ways to help accelerate and uh, build the English skills of that workforce that are often languishing in much lower paid jobs than their skills command. So, 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 so let's go to Katie here. What's your charge to the group, Katie? My charge to the group is is to also to employers. And it's when you're thinking about your diversity, equity, and inclusion policies. Think about mm-hmm. how you are including your workers who speak languages other than English. And think about the benefits that they can bring to your workforce. We often think about English learners from a deficit perspective. They're limited English proficiency. They're almost bilingual. They already speak another language fluently. If you can increase their English skills, you're increasing your bilingual workforce. And that's what we should be doing right now. All right. I love that. I love it. Now, uh, down to Tzatziki's. It's your charge to the listeners uh, tonight. Sure. Well, I will be a little more specific. Mine's going to be to employers too, but I want to talk to the assistant managers, the line managers, the shift supervisors, the general managers, And I would charge you to try to put yourself in your, um, you know, English as a second language employee's shoes Mm, for a day and think about the challenges you must face before and after you even come for your shift just to participate in life here when everything is not as easy and smooth as it is um, for your English speaking employees and uh, kind of take that into mind when you're running your shift and you're working with those folks and advocate for them. Once you have that empathetic moment of understanding how much more they're overcoming to contribute to that shift for you, can you go to your manager and make some suggestions on how you can better include that person and better serve that person? Um, We did a little bit of a version of this and this is not quite lightning, I'm sorry. But um, Reina is not only serving our Spanish-speaking community, she's serving our English-speaking office by having, we're doing something called Fiesta Fridays every couple of months where we uh, have lunch together and all of the English speakers have to attempt to speak in Spanish with Reina and learn some phrases that they can take to the store, like how long you worked here or what's your favorite thing on the menu. 
um, so that things go both ways. And it was remarkable to see the group go, I can't even get a full sentence out. And really, I think that was a very grounding experience for me. What do you think? You got lightning around idea for us? Your your experience as a as a um, you know using using this experience yourself? I would say that it's important to for like uh, the employer to show that you care, that you care about the person that is in front of you, that you care about what they're struggling, what they're like, pretty much what what you said, like put put yourself in their shoes right. and say like how is it that I'm, how am I going to feel whenever I walk into our room and everybody's speaking Chinese? It's like, it's frustrating. And it's sometimes it's not even um, their choice. It's like, right. sometimes it's like uh, they come from a different country just because they had to. Mm -hmm. And um, just showing that you care, that you are empathized uh, and, and empathic to, for them mm -hmm. and have like a, uh, like you have it in their minds and let them know, I think that will be gonna make great difference with your staff. Mm, yes. I love it. I love it. I've got mm. one more call to action. Sure, go for it. And it's to Tzatzikis. And it's that I'm in San Antonio with the number one tourist destination, the Riverwalk in San Antonio. And we needed Tzatzikis down the river walk. This is the, call to this is the call to action. Hey, I will pass that on to our director of franchise development. He's got a big map on the wall. We'll walk over there. We'll put a pin there. And we'll make it happen. Oh, great. So, Katie, if we wanted, if our employers are out there listening and they want to find out, like, how do we engage with Engine? How would they go about doing it? They can come to our website or they can just email me, katie at getengine.com. Awesome. Good right. stuff. We'll get all that in the show notes and uh, contact information. And I just want to thank you guys for really bringing it to life. I mean, uh, we really like to get this kind of whole story of how it looks, how it feels. Uh, you've got the firsthand experiences with the actual workers that you're seeing grow in the company. Um, every employer wants that. Um, and with that trap talent, as we are talking about, uh, the English piece is not some uh, elusive mystery. There's a solution. There are multiple solutions out there. Uh, you guys have found a great mix that offers that learning at a time and a place and in a manner that the workers can do, keeps you running the business uh, and keeps you growing those workers within uh, Tzatziki. So I really want to congratulate you guys uh, and your partnership with Engine. It's been really, really engaging discussion. Yeah, I got to give a big shout out to Katie, too, because Katie uh, Engine's a sponsor of our show. Yeah. And uh, we really appreciate you guys. So thank you for jumping in the pool and testing, going on the test drive with Anson and I. We, we're having a great time and uh, we're getting word out there. So absolutely. We, we thank you so much. Thank awesome. you. Anson, last word. Last word. Yeah, Take us out, man. I, I'm, I'm ready to go eat, man. I'll tell you what, this 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 discussion has just got me growling over here. And uh, uh, I love Mediterranean food and those salads sounded fantastic. There you go. You've been listening to Behind Every Employer podcast, Hanson Green and Jeff Abramowitz, and we'll see you guys soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye. You've been listening to the Behind Every Employer podcast with your hosts, Anson Green and Jeffrey Abramowitz. This podcast has been brought to you by the Coalition on Adult Basic Education and NGEN, a career-focused virtual English language platform for organizations and employers working with immigrants and refugees. 
Listen to the Behind Every Employer podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, YouTube, and you can find us at coave.org. If you'd like to reach Behind Every Employer podcast, you can do so at behindeveryemployer at coave.org.